Chuck Smeaton from the Royal Institution of Australia, and this is the Cosmos Briefing Podcast. Today, we talk to Dr. Alison Young, who has recently received a junior fellowship from the Garnett Parson Rodney Williams Memorial Foundation. Vertigo is a common but undertreated medical condition with a lifetime prevalence up to 40%. Currently, the diagnosis and treatment of vertigo-causing conditions is done primarily by specialists who represent only 1% of the doctors in Australia. Dr Young's project, in collaboration with clinicians, data scientists and statisticians, will use machine learning techniques to develop a virtual expert diagnostic tool to assist in the diagnosis of vertigo-causing conditions in the hospital emergency room, general practice and in outpatient clinics. Today's interview is hosted by Cosmos journalist Ellen Fidian. So I'm here with Dr. Alison Young, who has just finished her PhD at the University of Sydney and is just starting a junior research fellowship with the Garnet Pass and Rodney Williams Foundation. Thank you very much for joining us, Alison. Well, thank you for having me. What is vertigo and why is it currently difficult to diagnose? Um, well, the term vertigo um, isn't actually a diagnosis uh, in itself. Um, rather, it's simply a symptom uh, where there's an illusion of movement. Uh, so sensations of vertigo um, or dizziness uh, can last for seconds, minutes, hours, um, even days. Uh, it can be triggered by different things, by head or body movement, um, or it can really just occur spontaneously. Um, so another complication um, is that we sort of all experience vertigo in a different way. Um, and sometimes it can be quite difficult to describe uh, a sensation to your clinician um, because it's very subjective and it's very difficult to describe. Uh, I suppose another issue is that there's actually dozens um, of disorders that can cause uh, symptoms of vertigo and uh, imbalance. And this can be difficult to diagnose because uh, uh, diagnose the true cause of dizziness, especially because um, a lot of these conditions actually have a lot of overlapping symptoms. Um, so in our clinic, um, we feel there's roughly about 10 uh, common disorders, which account for probably the majority of the causes of vertigo um, seen sort of for us on a daily basis. Um, and But each individual condition can have a very different um, treatment and management plan. So it's really essential to get that diagnosis um, correct uh, and quickly as possible, uh, just to reduce obviously patient discomfort and uh, lifestyle disruptions, basically. That makes a lot of sense. So how are you aiming to improve this sort of diagnosis process? Um, so at the moment, um, the diagnosis uh, for these uh, common disorders mainly relies upon um, case history, um, tests for inner ear balance function, and also sort of tests of exclusion such as MRIs and CT scans. Um, so you can imagine um, this can all take a bit of time and can end up being quite costly. Um, so, for example, many patients that um, see a GP or even who go to an emergency room uh, don't uh, leave with a diagnosis for what's caused their vertigo sort of on the same day. Um, and so often they must be further referred um, to a specialist uh, neurologist um, 
who can help with the diagnosis and that obviously can add some time again. Uh, so we aim to improve the process um, by simply incorporating um, the results from these sort of quick and easy uh, tests for inner ear balance function, um, which are already in use in a lot of clinics. Um, but the, the issue is currently these results, um, you know, these test parameters haven't been analyzed in large case studies um, with the aim of diagnostic prediction. So we plan on inputting um, the data for current research patients um, with 10 of the, you know, these common dizzy conditions. Um, and we're going to work with a machine learning uh, programming specialist, his name's Makesh Prasad at UTS. Um, and so we're going to try to sort of connect the dots to see if these um, test results, uh, along with a very detailed vertigo case history and questionnaire can sort of um, accurately and quickly predict a correct diagnosis um, as compared to the current standards. And you've recently received a fellowship to be able to do this work. Uh, yeah, so essentially sort of carrying on from my PhD project, which was sort of looking at the um, these individual causes of dizziness uh, in isolation. Uh, now we've sort of proposed this uh, follow-up um, project. Um, so that will be my junior um, fellowship, which I'm really excited about. So it's sort of a postdoc project, I guess you could call it. And so, yeah, I was just extremely, extremely lucky to get the... Um, the this um, fellowship grant, um, as you probably know, you know, over the years, it just gets more and more difficult to sort of um, find grant money. You know, there's a lot of cutbacks at universities. So I'm, I'm quite pleased that we're going forward with this one. Who have you received the grant from? Uh, so we've received the grant from the Garnet Pass and the Rodney Williams Memorial Foundation. Uh, so I believe, um, so my category was the junior uh, fellowship grant. Um, there are several other um, different categories of grants that um, more senior uh, researchers can apply for, but mine was sort of the next step um, kind of after a PhD level of research. The tool you're going to be working on, how will it be developed and what data will you be using to train it? Um, so the prototype tool um, will first be um, conducted, um, we're just going to include um, these inner ear tests that I was referring to before, things like um, easy tests, like hearing tests, um, looking at the patient's eye movements when they're dizzy, um, and several other very non-invasive tests. Um, each test only takes roughly five to 10 minutes uh, for a patient. Um, so we would basically include um, the test results um, also of traditional neurological assessment, like walking balance tests, um, muscle reflexes, um, which is, you know, customarily done for all patients in a, in a current clinical setting. Um, for the start of the project and to help train um, this machine learning tool prototype, uh, we'll gather all of this existing data into a very large patient um, data set. And then we're going to tell the system uh, the correct diagnosis for each individual patient, which has already been arrived upon um, by the standard neurological um, diagnostic criteria. Um, so at this point, Makesh um, will sort of see what kind of patterns can be found in these test results. Um, we have a few predictions as to what the, what the tests will provide um, the best diagnostic yield in separating each condition. Uh, however, we're hoping that we'll find some new diagnostic parameters, which we haven't actually thought of before. How will you be testing the tool? 
Um, so after we do these preliminary uh, machine learning tests um, with the results of hopefully roughly 500 patients, uh, we'll then proceed to do a blind um, test of the prototype. Um, so for this, we hope to prospectively collect um, test results from new patients coming to the outpatient clinics or um, the emergency department at the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital. Um, remember, these tests um, are already currently being used as a standard of care for our patients, and so their experience won't be altered at all. Um, then we hope that this tool uh, will be able to generate a diagnostic um, prediction for each patient um, with a certain percentage likelihood um, for each sort of uh, condition. Uh, however, we would like the consulting neurologists uh, to be blinded to these um, results uh, for the first part of the test. Um, so at the end of the year, um, hopefully using this prototype tool, um, we'll look at the diagnosis, which was arrived upon um, by the traditional criteria for the neurologists, and then we'll compare it to that diagnostic prediction from our model, um, and we'll assess how successful its algorithms have been. And if that's successful, how do you imagine the tool being used more widely? Um, that's a good question. Uh, so at the end of the project, um, if we find that the tool's been highly accurate, um, we think that it could have um, probably the most impact um, in clinics which don't um, currently have a neurologist who specializes in vertigo disorders, um, especially in areas, uh, rural areas, um, even um, GP clinics um, where there's not a specialist um, on staff um, and in emergency rooms um, where they see many, many dizzy patients um, daily um, but they might not have um, the tools to sort of quickly assess what's going on with these patients. Um, for example, if you take a GP clinic, um, even if they don't have the equipment um, to conduct all of these tests, um, most of the tests that we were, were sort of talking about here um, are already being conducted at audiology clinics, um, which are situated in virtually all cities and towns nationwide. Um, even rurally, they're not hard to find. So for example, there might be a case where a GP would simply refer their dizzy patient um, to an audiology clinic for some simple inner ear balance tests. And you know these results would just be sent back to the GP uh, input into this um, tool. And hopefully it could guide the GP as to a likely diagnosis uh, for that underlying condition, which is causing the vertigo. Um, we are uh, even hoping that um, a byproduct of this machine learning tool might be that um, simply the results from a highly specific um, case history questionnaire uh, focusing on dizziness, balance, and vertigo uh, and headache uh, might be able to um, predict the likely cause of vertigo um, even without a significant amount of additional patient testing. So we hope that that might be one of the, one of the byproducts. Um, yeah, so we're hoping that it could potentially help a lot of people. I have one more follow-up question. You mentioned this is about finding the 10 most common conditions that can cause vertigo. Mm -hmm. um, presumably there are some more uncommon conditions as well. How do they fit into the whole picture? Um, that's a really good question. Um, you know, with uncommon conditions of vertigo, often as is the case right now, they will uh, require more um, specialty investigation. They'll probably require more tests of exclusion. 
um, such as those MRIs and, um, and you know, CT scans and specialist referral. And that probably won't change dramatically because um, you know, difficult to diagnose conditions deserve um, you know, a lot more investigation. So, you know, in terms of um, treating conditions, um, the treatment for, for vertigo conditions um, will remain the same. Um, you know, there's really, there's standards of care for each different um, individual syndrome, and that will remain the same. And so, you know, currently, you know, when someone's diagnosed with A, and they are not responding, the, you know, we go to B, etc. And when something can't be um, helped or fixed or really um, nailed down in terms of a diagnosis, there's always more investigation, which is what the patient deserves and will we'll still get. Great. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I would just like to um, take this opportunity to thank the Garnet Pass and the Rodney Williams Memorial Foundation for their generous um, funding for this research project. And I'd also like to thank my supervisor, um, Associate Professor Miriam Wolgopola, um, in whose lab this project is being conducted. Um, Alison Young, thank you very much for your time. And thank you very much. Nice meeting you. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Remember that you can head to cosmosmagazine.com by the link in the description for more great content. You can also subscribe to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's only science print magazine, and Cosmos Weekly, our online subscription-based deep dive into the biggest issues. You can watch and listen to all our Cosmos briefings via the link that you'll also find in the description. And remember, if you support science and its communication, please support our work at the Royal Institution of Australia. I'm Chuck Smeaton. Today's interview was hosted by Ellen Fidian, and our executive producer is Catherine Roberts. Thank you. <laughs>